Hello, and welcome to the State Hornet. My name is Sarah Nevis, and I am the multimedia editor. Today on Spotlight, we have a short audio extra from a Sacramento State student. Jason Harrison is an 18-year-old computer science major and the daughter of Jamelia Land, local activist and self-described humanitarian. Harrison wrote a speech for her Sac State class on gun violence and some possible steps to help reduce it. Here it is in audio form. On December 31st, 2013, my sister was shot and killed as she sat waiting on someone in her car. The one who did it? A 17-year-old boy. Not even legally old enough to own a gun, yet he had one. For years, people told me, guns don't kill people. People kill people. In a way, this is true. The problem for me wasn't the gun itself, but the fact that someone capable of doing such a terrible thing was allowed to have one. I can only sit and wonder, maybe if he didn't have the gun, my sister would still be here. A lot of us are aware of problems revolving around gun violence because of what we see and hear. But the issue may not be so important to all of us because it doesn't pertain to us directly. For me, it's very personal. I'm going to talk about just how big of a problem not having proper gun control has been and how it will only continue to get worse if we don't start to implement solutions. I'm also going to share some of the things that can be done to help prevent further loss of life when it comes to guns. So first, I want to talk about the problem that has affected way too many people. The number of gun-related deaths and injuries in the United States has significantly increased over the past couple of years. As stated in an opinion article from the Washington Post by Devin Hughes, a mass shooting is defined as an incident in which four or more people are shot, excluding the shooter. From 2013 to 2019, the frequency of mass shootings increased by 65%. In that time, we had 2,341 shootings that killed 2,642 people and injured 9,766. When we talk about the number of shootings over a period of multiple years, it can take away from just how many we're talking about. So let's focus on just one year for a second. The amount of shootings in 2020 has set new records since just last year. According to the Gun Violence Archive, as of November 10, 2020, there have been 553 mass shootings in 43 different states. There were 60 in the month of May and 95 in June. I tried not to pay too much attention to our gun control problem, but after losing my sister, it opened my eyes to just how easily it could affect others around me, and even myself. Sometimes things have to take on a more personal level for us to truly understand. So I want to talk about something that all of us can relate to. College. By itself, it's already a struggle, and there's a lot of stress that comes with that. When we're able to return to campus, the last thing we should have to worry about is being shot and killed when we're just trying to study. Unfortunately, that's been the reality for a lot of people. An article from Voice of America talks about the history of mass shooters. Between 2012 and 2015, there was a shooting at a U.S. college or university every year, including Santa Monica College, University of California, Santa Barbara, and Oikos University in Oakland. I don't know about you guys, but that last one is a little too close to home for me. Speaking of home, for the past couple of years, Sacramento has been mine. We all attend Sac State, so I assume that most of us probably live here. We hear about shootings all the time, and they're usually somewhere else, but it's a big game changer when they happen where you live. ABC 10 reported that the Sacramento Police Department had seen a 40% increase in homicides compared to the same time last year. Last month, between the weekend of October 2nd and October 4th, there were 12 shootings in Sacramento. Four of them left three people dead, including a 9-year-old girl and a 17-year-old boy. Nine other people were injured. 
Bullets have no names, ages, genders, or ethnicities. They can come for any of us, and that's not a fear I want to have. So now that we've talked about the problem, let's talk about what can be done to help fix it. Let me make something clear. In no way am I against our right to keep and bear arms. What I am against is allowing unstable people to have them. In some places, buying a gun is much easier than you might think. A Business Insider article titled How Easy to Buy a Gun explains how in Virginia you can buy a semi-automatic gun in 15 minutes. That's exactly what Shuang Cho did before going to Virginia Tech's campus and killing 32 people. In Florida, they don't require fingerprints, a special permit, or a waiting period. Nicholas Cruz legally bought an AR-15 rifle and used it to kill 17 people and injure 14 others at Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Outside of it just plain right being too easy to buy one, the biggest problem that we have when it comes to the sale and purchase of firearms is that too many things are overlooked. For one, we need to have serious mental health screening. It may seem like a lot, but it would keep guns out of the hands of those who don't need them. In an article by Dr. Jonathan Metzl and Dr. Kenneth McLeish, it states that the Sandy Hook elementary shooter Adam Lorenzo was an undiagnosed schizophrenic. And remember those mass shootings at colleges and universities that I talked about earlier? All of the shooters had a, mis had a history of mental illness. Had these people properly been checked, maybe these tragedies could have been prevented. After all, like commentator Ann Coulter said, guns don't kill people, the mentally ill do. Another thing we have to look at are those with a pattern or history of domestic abuse. In an article from Everytown Research and Policy, it is said that abusers with firearms are five times more likely to kill their victims. These rates are very high in women, with nearly one million women having reported being shot or shot at by a partner, and 4.5 million women reporting being threatened with a gun by a partner. There is no reason why there should be a gun in the hands of someone who is known to be abusive. Not everyone who owns a gun has the intentions to cause harm or damage. Some people own them for hunting. Some own them to protect themselves in an emergency. No matter what the case may be, anyone who owns a gun needs to be educated in gun safety. Something that has to be stressed is the importance of storing away loaded guns and ammunition in a safe place. One of the biggest reasons for this is to prevent accidental injuries or death in children. The Center for Injury Research and Prevention at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia states that 89% of unintentional deaths among children happen in the home in the absence of a parent. I know this all too well because last year my four-year-old cousin came across a loaded gun underneath a pillow and shot himself directly in the center of his head. Over 1.7 million children live in a home with unlocked and loaded guns. This has got to change. Accidental deaths aren't the only reason to educate people on storing away loaded guns. According to Dr. Cassandra Kafasi, guns are responsible for more than half of all suicide deaths, and believe it or not, nearly two-thirds of firearm deaths are the result of suicide, not homicide. Something as simple as putting a gun in a lockbox could save so many lives. The entire purpose of the speech was to express just how big of a problem a lack of gun control has been and how it will continue to be if we don't take steps to fix it. I've talked about how much the number of gun-related deaths and injuries has grown. Whether it be from mass shootings, suicide, or pure accidents, the outcome is still the same. It all boils down to two things. For one, we have to take precaution when, precautions when it comes to how easily accessible guns are to people. This includes keeping guns out of the hands of the mentally ill and those with abusive behavior. Secondly, we have to educate people on the importance of gun safety. Teaching gun owners to store loaded guns and ammunition in safe places to keep them away from children and those who may consider harming themselves and or others. It may seem like you yourself can't do much, but that's far from the truth. 
Whether we like it or not, we're all at risk, so it's time for us to stand up and take part. It can be through small things, like just having those conversations, or bigger things like going to rallies and working with organizations. Just taking the time to educate yourself and others makes a huge difference, because you never know, you may just save someone's life. You have the power to help make change, so do it.